Testing, testing, testing. Let's see how this looks. That's not good. Nope. Okay. We're just going to get away from that. Can you hear me at all, Chris? No, you can't hear me at all. At least I can't hear you, so. All right. Can you hear me now? Is my audio working? What the f***? Dude. Oh, oh, now I hear you. Now I yeah, hear you. Well... Uh, okay. Anything else we need to pop in here? COVID nope. and postponement, spaces in the CJ versus Norm thing. You put Shump uh, on there? Oh, the Shump stuff. Yeah. Shump. What are we going to throw that in? The social media age and the leverage that LeBron has as the superstar. I think he's got an interesting point. LeBron is Clyde in the Blazers. LeBron is Hakeem and the Rockets. Like his Bulls were the are the Warriors. That was the team that no one could beat. Sus. The sauce is the boss. <laughs> Castello. I'm a smiley guy, Chris. Smile a lot. Hello, Rip City! To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in here with you from Hood River. My name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, the master of segues and master of patience, uh, uh, master of flexibility, uh, and, and quick appointments, apparently. I, I thought we would have been closer together on, on our time today, but I ran late. He did not. Christopher Joseph Burkhart, welcome back. How are you, sir? The master of patience. I like that. <laughs> Hey, gonna record Tuesday? No, let's do a Wednesday. One o'clock. Sweet. Hey, guess what? I'm running late. Yep. Hey, you, you were. I was always planning on a Wednesday. You were. You tried to ask if we could do Tuesday, and I said we on almost brand. could. And then we were able to make an adjustment. That's on why you're more brand. flexible. On <laughs> brand. <laughs> How's your weekend, man? Would you? Uh, what'd you get done this weekend? Anything fun? Anything exciting? What's a weekend? Everything just blurs together. <laughs> that's that's like, also fair. That's true. I, I think I'm maybe extra excited about my weekend because I went to uh, my wife's work party and and had a giant blast uh, uh, having like a karaoke uh, party with a bunch of bunch of new friends. You may be looking at the new saxophone private lessons teacher in in Hood River here. Not not for sure yet, but I might have just got a job this weekend for uh, something around the area here and something that I used to really love doing. So how about gotta that? get a Get on my sax level, bro. Dude, <laughs> on your sax level, are you playing a lot still? What do you play? What do you play? Uh, I mostly play alto. I've got an alto and a soprano. I played a bunch of tenor and barry in the past, but uh, mostly alto. What brand? What's your uh, sax? Selmer, What's your sax? The one I got upstairs right now is a Selmer Mark II. Nice. What's your mouthpiece? Oh, man, I got to go look. I can't remember what that <laughs> one was. It's been so long. But that's the, like, yeah, if I'm going to be teaching these private lessons, I got to learn to, you know, like, I got to brush up on the embouchure, uh, get the chops going again, make sure that, what? probably get the saxophone tuned up and fix, like, a cracked pad uh, or something. <laughs> Playing a, play a Selmer C-Star, which is... Nice, okay. That's the goat mouthpiece. C-Star, I feel like in, I remember like, that name. I, yeah, I haven't played in, in years, honestly, because I did the drum major stuff, and uh, last time I played, played was uh, the uh, Rose Bowl against Ohio State. Nice. back in the day uh but then i had braces on for the last two years so it's like i like damn my teeth are straight now they probably won't fit my tooth groove on my, on my mouthpiece <laughs> <laughs> but, I play, but, yeah. but saxophone i play a cannonball which if you've never heard of cannonball they are 
They are nice. so damn good. The like nice. the the Cannonball Big Bell series is is what I want. It's you'll sound like the freaking best saxophone player in the world without even trying. And their price point, it's like, whoo. They're like really? you could get you get you get three times the sound at half the price of any other brand. So look up if you're gonna get back serious, wow. you want a cannonball. I didn't know you had a didn't know you had a day job going here selling for cannonball saxophones. I like it. No, I just pitch. hey, I'm not sponsored by anyone, but if your if your product's good and I like it, I'm gonna push it. I mean, Trailcast is brought to you by Cannonball. Uh, no, that'd be cool. Oh my gosh, maybe you and I should get together, do a little diddle, do a little. Do a little diddle for the the intro. Get a we, custom theme song going can here. We get, yeah. But in saxophone <laughs> form, a little, little alto duet here. Oh my god, it'd be awesome. I love it. You know, Abby played yeah. two back in the day. Let's go find a Barry. Let's go and get a little all three, all three of us going. My sister's a Barry player. Okay. Does she live in town? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, wow. My sister's a berry player. We all, my entire, my me, my brother, my sister. We've talked about this before, but me and my brother, and my sister, all play sax because my grandpa played sax. He played tenor. I play alto. My sister plays berry. My my brother plays alto as well. Man, but the I only played berry quartet. Yeah. Up here. I only played berry once, and it was a random event. There was a, a like get together for the mayor at the DoubleTree Hotel down there by Lloyd Center. Oh, and, oh, I, oh. and my high school's my high school's jazz band. Was playing. I only it. play Barry for the mayor. I only play baritone sax. No, listen. For the mayor. No, listen. Listen. <laughs> my uh, my my high school's jazz band was playing for it, and I had never ever played Barry saxophone, only alto, and I wasn't even in the jazz band. But my director was like, "Hey, our uh, our Barry saxophone player no showed, and we really need it for this performance. So can you come and play?" I'm like. You mean I have to sight read everything and play the saxophone uh, that I don't I haven't played before? And he's like, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, yeah, it's a saxophone, but it's a completely different piece different. than an yeah, than an alto, yeah. especially when you're used to that tight alto embouchure and you got to oh, loosen yeah. it up to get any note out of a berry, and it just feels weird. <laughs> and we just lost like half of our listeners; so they have no idea what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, that was a fun event. Had to sight read and play the berry all at the same time. Anyway, God, How hot sax squeaks? talk, baby. <laughs> Welcome to the Saxcasters. No, that's that's just too easy to slip up. Let's shift from 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 the sweet sweet love music of the saxophone over to love hugs and hate mail. Chris, where is your love going this week, sir? Before I give you my love, I want to make sure that you and your editing process, every segue needs to be accompanied <laughs> by some sort of sax melody if you can find one. Oh, I've I've got a, at least one sax melody from Odar, so we'll we, okay, we'll there get that go. in there. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, my love, my love. Blazer fans gonna hate me here, but just hear me out. My love is going down to LA and the Los Angeles Lakers. Not the Lakers, but IT. The Isaiah Thomas getting a chance to get back in the league where he belongs. It absolutely blows my mind that this guy who still has uh, plenty of tread left on the tire and is still a damn good basketball player has to struggle so hard to be put on a roster. It's like, we've talked about it before. Like you look at like, you know, CJ Ellaby. Let's just throw that example out there. Dude, an end of the bench guy. Yeah, he's a rookie, but like he's not even playing. You can't tell me that roster spot can't go to a guy like IT. So I'm glad <laughs> he got his chance with the Lakers. One more chance to prove that he still has he still has game, and he certainly does. So that's where my love goes. Shots fired around here too. Some some strays being tossed out there in the opening <laughs> segment. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I like it though. My love uh, this week. It's it's uh, it maybe a little bit of a, a callback to last week, but it's been snowing. Yay! 
that's gonna be your love next week it sounds like baby oh man it's it, yeah it's it's this is winter and we've been having fun i uh the reason that i was a little late to start the pod today even though actually we're recording like two hours earlier than we normally do but yeah fine i was late uh <laughs> i i got a last minute call to uh score some points by taking my wife's boss's dogs out because the dog is, has a bit of anxiety and uh, wasn't enjoying being left at home. The rest of the family's out of town. So I got to kind of take a couple dogs out on a little play date, three big, uh, probably 60 to 80 pound nails running around in the snow and just having a great old time. And so I've been watching dogs enjoy the snow and I have been enjoying the snow, tossing little snowballs that they all just chomp down and away. It's been great. It's a good one. <laughs> Wife's boss got stranglehold on you making, making you go run errands for him. There was nothing like that. It was just one of these things where they needed a hand and uh, they knew someone that was currently not working. Uh, how about your hugs, sir? Where are your hugs going? Uh, my hugs are very similar to love because these are big old lovey hugs. My hugs are going down to Texas and the legendary Dirk Nowitzki because he oh. was on uh, <laughs> Bally Sports Southwest there doing some commentary for the, the Mavericks game and he is... Uh, he's the Peyton Manning of the NBA. Peyton Manning's been killing it with his his uh, what Monday Night Football broadcasts and and uh, yeah, Dirk did it too. Because first off, I sent you this screenshot of Cat Carl Anthony yep. Towns saying that he's the greatest shooting big man of all time, which is which is cool. ridiculous. <laughs> like yeah, he I mean he is really really good, and he's probably he's in the cut. Listen, he's probably in the combo. He's like top 10 shooting big men all time. Probably top five big men shooting big men all time, maybe. All time? Really top get five? His, if you watch his clips, Keith, his like he has a little bit of shooting guard in him the way he plays. The way he can step back, shoot that mid-range. And he's shooting like a 65% effective field goal percentage on pull-up jumpers in the mid-range this year. Like he's number one in the NBA. It's, he's really good. Like he's really good. But if you think best shooting big man of all time, most people think Dirk. Dirk kind of set the tone for shooting big man anyway cat had a big big play and and dirk responded on the broadcast there he goes best shooting big man of all time that was hilarious then they were talking about you know uh playing two ways and this and that and and dirk just goes uh hide me on d find me on o that's my motto i'm just like i I loved it i loved it he's talking about how if he couldn't guard a guy he would just try to outscore him so he could go into the locker room and say i beat my guy how come you guys aren't beating yours that's my leadership like it was hilarious i I loved it we need more of that it was great dirk's wonderful man yeah i've always enjoyed it he's just got a great personality he's he's happy to be where he is he he knows it and he doesn't take himself too seriously uh, yeah, Dirk's Dirk's great, and boy, you want to want to talk about a a true shooting big man? Like, I don't think you can start the conversation with anyone but Dirk. When we talk about this, are we talking only like centers or the really big power four? Because like, there's there's so many big men that shoot. I'm not saying that yeah. Cat isn't good. I'm a huge Carl Anthony Towns fan. Uh, man, he'd be well, amazing. We've to have said before. I think Cat's underrated. I Very. think Cat. I think casual sleeps on him casual fan sleeps on him uh but no his shooting numbers are really good his touch for a big man's really good but i think i think you include stretch fours in there but like even if you're looking at centers i think there's a very very good argument to be made for arvita sabonis and that's yeah. pre blade pre blazer sabonis <sighs> god man his highlights back in the back in the days probably one of the greatest centers that ever played the game that's 
not blazer colored glasses that's prime yeah yeah that's not blazer colored glasses that's just facts that's just basketball facts right there um but dirk really changed the game dirk changed the game for big men for anyone uh that's you know wasn't hasn't looked at the uh, clips of old sabas there he played for the blazers well past his prime what, what was his age do you know exactly like Dude, he came into portland he's like 35 so like yeah <laughs> Uh, but when he was playing in his prime, uh, I believe over in the USSR at the time, it, like he he was incredible. It was a player that in today's game would have been like I, I think it's fair to say like Jokic levels of just all around big man. He played defense. He could, had an amazing passing game, and he could shoot from distance even. So yeah, uh, ahead of his dude, Arvita Sabonis was Arvita Sabonis was Jokic before Jokic. It's it's uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, he was okay. He was thirty-one years old when he came, but when he came, he's really he had no knee, no knees. Both right, his yeah. knees were shot. Um, it was like an '80s but, thirty-one, not a 2010. Oh yeah, his knees were his knees were toasted, uh, and even at thirty years old, I mean, he averaged fourteen and eight and freaking shot lights out, almost sixty percent from the field, um, and you know. 38% from three-point range back in the day when the three-point wasn't super prevalent. Uh, but, boy, <laughs> if he came to Portland when he was drafted in, in the late 80s, you put him on you put him on those teams of the 90s, which we'll get to here in a second, they they can win a championship. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, and I, I said 80s a second ago, like an 80s through one. He, was, he came here in the mid-something 90s. So, yeah, it's... Anyway, yeah, check out clips of Sabonis, old-school old Sabonis, and uh, again, like we talked last week, it would be great to have Demonis Sabonis come over to Portland just so he could get Sabonis on a modern Blazers jersey like that. But uh, that's, that's a whole other pod. We did that one already. Yep. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. That was your hugs. My hugs, Chris, is going to you, sir, because you are missing out on some delicious, delicious bread. I've gotten better at this. I talked about some spaces last night that I was making, uh, getting everything baked up after the show. And I've been adding a little bit more honey, a little bit of salt into it. And, and it's, it's just a tasty honey sourdough rye right now. And I've got, uh, we went through half a, lo- half a loaf last night with dinner, having some soup. And I've got that in a loaf left. So one and a half before I got to make more. Maybe I can get you something for the next round if we get together for a game uh, after the holidays here. But hey, you're inspiring so me. You're out here making, you're making your bread. means I'm going to have to go get my ingredients and brew a batch of beer it's been a couple years since i've done that but maybe i'll have to do that that's nothing nothing like getting a good buzz off your own beer (laughs) definitely could get some trades going there i think you could bring some loaves down for a couple growlers or something like that we'll get we'll get a get a trade route all right so that's the hugs where's your hate mail where we send the negativity my hate mail is going to insert player name here has entered pro uh health and safety protocols (laughs) send tweet I'm so sick and tired of it. Yeah, the uh, the just player the, A has entered health and safety protocols. Player B has entered sa- health and safety protocols. Player C has entered health and safety protocols. Blue, blue, blue. I got, I got, I had to do it. I don't like doing it, but I had to turn off my Woj and Shams notifications. Bravo. Like, okay, Bravo. you guys are blowing up my phone with this nonsense. I don't care. Can't we just send out <laughs> one tweet that says there is a COVID outbreak in the NBA? Teams are dealing with it. Boom, we're done. But like, sending a tweet, like I don't like. <laughs> Do we all really need our phone to get a notification that the 15th player on the 15-man roster has just entered health and safety protocols? And also, on this whole health and safety protocol saying, like, the numbers are high. I get it. Everyone's freaking out. But also, health and safety protocols does not mean 
positive test for COVID. Positive test. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Health and safety and that, that protocol is protocols clear. just means they're in the protocol program, which could mean if one player tested positive and that within the X amount of time, any of those other players had what they would consider close contact with that person, then they go and enter health and safety protocols. Regardless, it's just like, dude, like to me, I get it. I know, I, I, I know this is information we all need to know, but I'm at the point of COVID exhaustion and getting my phone just constantly blown up with notifications about so-and-so entering health and safety protocols. <clears throat> so I turn off the notes. <laughs> I'll turn them back on later because it's what I do. I get, I'm a glutton for punishment, but that's where my hate mail's going. Stupid tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of you for turning off the tweets on on Woj and Shams. That takes that takes commitment. That takes discipline. Uh, I feel I like I don't like it. I don't like it. I feel naked without it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I could keep. I'd have to keep Shams on, but I'm pretty ready to turn Woj's tweets off after all of his that's ridiculous anti Dame slander. Slander. Because that's just because you're a fan. Short for fanatic. You get you get fanatical <laughs> over here. How how dare you? How dare you slander my man? Okay, okay, you know what? Thou toss the en enemy of the state, Wojnarowski. <laughs> <laughs> to balance it out, to balance out my fanaticism fanhood, uh, here's my hate mail for the week. ISO basketball. Last night in particular, uh, game <laughs> against the Pelicans. We saw Dame go off for 39 points in 40 minutes. Love it. Seven assists. 40 minutes is a little high, but he really threw it out there. Unfortunately, we lost this game uh, by a little, little larger of a margin than probably most game was played at, 111.97. The big problem that I'm having, Dame had 39. No other player even had 20. We, we didn't have CJ, but Norm finished with 16 in 42 minutes. Nurkic played 33, good for him. 17 points, uh, 10 points for Larry Nance Jr. It, I get that part of it is these guys, these role players and, and uh, secondary stuff need to produce. But also I think towards the end, I kind of feel maybe this, you know, this is Dame coming back. Everyone wants to see him come back healthy after the, uh, the ab injury that he's been working his way through. This kind of felt like a return to the older style where it just seems like hand Dame the ball, spread out and watch. And I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I, I, I just, he looked great. Uh, I think there are a lot of good things to take away in the game. The, the, they were competitive at times. But I think if you want to win these games, especially against the Pelicans, you need to be able to play more as a team down the stretch. And I just didn't see enough of it last night. Hey, it's what I said on Spaces when people were getting all excited and they won two games and things are turning around. And but they're not. Things are not mm. turning around yet. We've seen yeah. little little things. I mean, yes, a win is good. But here's the thing: to win those two games that they won over Charlotte and Memphis, it took seventy points from Damian Lillard. Right. 70. So 75, I think, even. Like, yeah, so, yeah it, was, it was over 70 is all I know. But it yeah. took it took 70-plus points to win those two games from Damian Lillard, and you're not getting contributions from everyone else, which, yes, so the win is good. Seeing a couple of good, good things is good, but it goes, just goes all right back to the problem that we've had for years and years and years, and that is Dame needs help. Portland can't rely on just Dame to win games. They need more. So if you're winning games but you're winning it in a way that over the years has been your major hangup being we only win games when Dame goes off. Things need to change. You need to figure stuff out. And yes, as you alluded to, you don't have CJ McCollum, but I, but here's the thing without CJ McCollum and without Dame, if your team is balanced and is as deep as it's always argued, 
they're going to find ways to win games. Look at the look at the Memphis Grizzlies. They lost Jaw, their best player, without right, question, right. and then went on an absolute tear. Like that team, that that's a well balanced team, has great depth, plays together as a unit, and can rely on people. Portland is still struggling to find that, and that's just obvious. When Dame is hurt or CJ's out, you gotta have the rest of that team step up. It's just it's just weird to me that that's what this has become. To be honest, uh, one of the guys we've been talking about a lot this season so far, just because of uh, he's a young player with a lot of trade value, a lot of uh, potential, Anthony Simons. Where has he been these last couple games, man? Like, how long has CJ been out? How many games has CJ missed now? Do you know offhand? It's I don't what, know. A week and a half, something like that. I can't tell you. The yeah, exact yeah. So, no, somewhere in there. Hand, but. but I mean, in the last in the last five games, Anthony Simons has only had one game over ten points. He scored twenty two points uh, the first game against Memphis in our loss. But he's had eight points, eight points, nine points, and two points for the other four of the last five games. And yeah, when when we've got CJ out, uh, I get that Norm has been looking pretty good overall. But yeah, man, I, I just feel like uh, you want more balanced production. I, I do hear what you're saying. I do still think, kind of like what I was saying in the hate mail, though, part of this is on a style thing. I think Dame coming back, people are maybe happy to see him come back, maybe kind of handing him the ball and kind of stepping back a little bit. And yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's early and the team is not the best balance, but I just, I sure would like to see some of that team ball that we were seeing a little bit of earlier this season. So it does exist in the squad. Just, it's just, just not there right it's now. Just, there's just no other option. There's yeah. no other option except giving Dame the ball and letting him cook. I mean, it's just, it's a product of the roster and a product of the coaching and it's a product of everything. Like you just can't, if you do, if you go team ball at this point, Keith, you're not, you're not winning games. It's just hard. It's cause it's just not there. So I don't know. It's, it's a tough spot because you have to fix it, but how do you fix it? The only way to fix it is to get the ball out of Dame's hand and find ways to play team ball. But I mean, you play, find ways to play team ball. It, it, it's 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 a double we're talking about we're talking about the pelicans short. last night though you know it, it's like it we're, it, we it shouldn't have to go for dame scoring 39 points and we we lose the game by double digits i like we've got norm on the floor we've got nurkic on the floor larry nance cable again anthony simons is capable Dude, of the pelicans have won through the pelicans have won three in a row they're turning their season around okay, things yeah, are looking that's, that's up fine, in new fair. orleans but my, again, if Dame's no, it's not in, fair. That was my art. That's the that's the anti argument. That's not fair at all. I'm saying people said that about the Blazers, right? They won two games. They're turning around. It's oh. not happening. I, oh, I, 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 it was sarcasm. Sarcasm. I was um, busy defending. No, I 100 agree with you. Here's the, my argument in a nutshell. Here, Keith is to your point. Um, it was the Pelicans, right? And if the if you can't get the rest of your team outside of Dame to really step up their game and win a game against a team that is, you know, they were 10 and 21 going into that game, one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. And then they just kind of boat race you. Like that that just speaks to me that they're there's like you're struggling bad and you need to figure it out. Get off your hands, make your trades, figure this all out because you, you cannot rely on Dame every single night to do this. Because what's gonna happen if you have to rely on Dame to play 40 minutes a night and score 35 plus every single night? It's gonna you, if you make the playoffs, you're gonna run into the same ass situation that you've run into every other year, and that is yep. wow, Dame looks really gassed. I wonder why. I wonder why. So everyone else definitely has to step up. What I'm saying is I am in 100% agreement with your take. You just didn't understand my sarcasm. I was, I was yeah, I was busy. <laughs> I was all fired up and busy defending. Uh, I heard I heard anything about the other side. I was like, no. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm 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 with you, man. I, I just I feel like part of it Dame is amazing. I feel like part of it shouldn't just be about him scoring though. We've seen him able to set up teammates. We've argued we've said before a large part of his value is being able to make people around him better. We've got pieces this year that seem capable at least one at a time, so as much as fun as it was, to see, as much fun as it was to see him go off last night, I would just rather see, uh, yeah, just see the ball movement, see more, more team play, and it's it's possible. I'm holding on to it's possible. We got to see more of it for at least a few games here and there because we've got a while till the trade deadline. We've got some games to go before these trades are going to happen because, like we said last week, a lot of these trades, uh, whether it's involving CJ, involving Nurk, involving Rocco, uh, any of the pieces that we've talked about are likely to move. It's probably not going to happen immediately. So, got to make do for now. Uh, yep. As far as making do, we do have a little bit of a, a break for me, the team to kind of maybe the team to kind of get it together here, because the game this Thursday against Brooklyn has been postponed. Chris, like you talked about in your hugs both last week and this week, I think your hugs both weeks went to uh, to the players dealing with COVID in some form or another. Uh, that's what it was last week and uh, another one this week. But yeah, the uh, it's running rampant around the league, and Brooklyn in particular has been hit pretty hard with it, and. Yeah, now the Blazers, I guess, get a little break. It is to be determined as far as when this game will be played, but it will not be this Thursday. Darn. <laughs> not not too uh, not too worried. I think probably this does maybe fall in the right time for Blazers. But it's not like we are in uh, in prime health and just really uh, you know building momentum right now. So. Yeah, I mean, it could have been could have gone two ways. Could have been an easy easy nice victory or it could have been holy crap we just lost to the nets with seven players <laughs> so, <laughs> oh so, so uh interesting time for the nba kind of you know what are they going to do here is it time to is it time to pause is it time to you know put a, put the brakes on um figure it out or do you do what kind of adam silver said which it's the it's the unfortunate reality of the thing but some like do you just let it run its course and see and, and hope for the best? Cause it's the same situation that's happened in the premier league. And some of their coaches were speaking out against the idea of a pause. Like what's the point of a pause, like pause for three weeks and come back, but everything's still here. Like, can you still like, it's tough. I'm not a medical expert, so I'm not going to claim to be one. I just, I, I just trust that the NBA is doing what they think's best. The, the players have a large say in how these things are handled. That's why the Players Association is there and in these conversations. So uh, it's not as if the NBA is like, yes, the NBA cares about money. And that's what everyone says. Like, oh, they want to get these Christmas games in because it's all about the money. Well, well, yeah, it's a business, so they do care about the money. But at the exact same time, it's not like they're just, you know, throwing the players out there to be guinea pigs and all this because there is a players association the players are have to be okay with everything the players have to be okay with these pro protocols and they have to be okay with with playing games moving forward and all this stuff so uh yeah tough situation it's not fun um but as i said last week keith the numbers within the nba continue to rise cases continue to be, or uh, symptoms continue to be extremely minor if not mostly asymptomatic which is is in the general grand scheme of things is probably a very good sign for where you know hopefully this pandemic is going in the long run so uh it's unfortunate yeah. good for the nets take a rest good for the blazers to take a rest and you know maybe get get back together and not have to worry about it and I think it goes to, I think you look at the Blazers too. I mean, do you want to run the risk of even playing the 
playing the Nets, even if they had healthy bodies, because the Blazers are one of the very few teams right, right. now not dealing with an outbreak. So if you were to play the team that is dealing with one, the chances of you know one of your guys getting it from one of those guys who who played and and maybe didn't test positive or whatnot, like. It's, it's not fun. It's not a fun situation. I don't have the answer. <laughs> wish I had the answer. I wish the entire world had an answer for it, Keith. Uh, um, but I, I do trust that Adam Silver, the NBA, and the Players Association are doing what they think is best at the time. I think they've been doing that the entire time. So, Yeah, and you know, uh, just we talked about this on Spaces a bit last night. Shout out to everyone that joined us for that. We'll get to more of that in a minute. But uh, on Space, we were discussing how Malika Andrews, the host of NBA Today on ESPN, interviewed Adam Silver from home. Uh, she herself, uh, as well as Stephen A. Smith on ESPN, have had contact tracing in some or contact in some way or another where they have you know stayed out of the office. And again, they're making a nice point of saying, "Hey, this is how you're supposed to handle it. Please get vaccinated. Please get your boosters." Then she has the conversation with Adam Silver, and kind of like what you were saying, he mentions most of the cases that the NBA is having are asymptomatic players. Uh, Adam Silver repeated that line that 97, about 97% of the league is vaccinated, but then he said uh, only about 60% of the league has been boosted. He also mentioned a large portion, he didn't put a number on it, but a large portion of the league has had only the one Johnson & Johnson shot, which the CDC has kind of come out and said it's not the same, it's not on the same level, it's not good enough. If you have that, you really need to be boosted. So I, it's it's confusing to me because I feel like the 97% vaccinated is not quite the same as maybe, uh, like, I don't know, it's, it's not, it doesn't seem like, how we define that 97% I think is what I'm curious about. Because it just seems like, yeah, if 97% were double shot and boosted, yeah, okay, it seems safe to play. How far below that mark though can we go where it just, I get where it's it's it seems like it's the balanced and right thing to do, and that, I think he had some line about when all things considered, you just got to keep it going. And I hear what you're saying, where the the shutdown wouldn't make sense, but we're looking at like 25% of the league so far have been in the COVID protocols this season in December, versus in the bubble it was like 3%. I'm not saying we go back to the bubble, but it seems like what we're doing right now is not working, and especially if, again if you talk about the definition of 97. That's why I just go back to the fact that like. If numbers are high, but you're getting mostly asymptomatic cases or anyone right. who ha has your symptoms are very, very um, limited, nothing is severe. Now, if you were Adam Silver and you're looking at this and you got your numbers, right? And you're like, okay, we have this outbreak, but very few of these people are asymptomatic. Almost every single one of them is showing symptoms. A lot of my players are actually showing some severe symptoms and one of my players is on a ventilator and you decide to say, yeah, we're still playing. Yeah, that, that'd be ridiculous. That's a huge, be, that's an issue. That's an issue. Yeah. But when you're playing, when everyone is showing is in protocols, but then within the 48 hours or whatever is showing negative tests to be allowed to play. Like you're like, you have those protocols in place for a reason. And you're making sure that your players are in positions of safety to go play. I think that the I think that the overabundance of COVID information and the fact that this is now two years going on is just like the minute you see, oh my gosh, there's a lot of cases, the first thing in in, in anyone's mind is just like, shut it down, do this, we need to end it. But to <laughs> me, and it's not a bad thing. Like I'm not dogging anyone for thinking that because that's where my brain wants to go to. But if I just think logically to the way the numbers are bearing out within the NBA, I almost think it's better. Like I almost think it's a good, it's a good logical case study that the that like people can look at and go, the NBA 
has 97% vaccination rate. You br- you brought up those boost numbers, which will only continue to increase because not everyone got vaccinated at the exact same time. So you do have to wait for your window to be allowed to be boosted. Right. But you can look at this and go, the proof is in the pudding. This, like 450 players within the NBA, this is like a perfect case study for people to look at and go, look what happened to a league that was almost fully vaccinated. When breakthrough cases happened, when the numbers skyrocketed, nobody fell severely ill because they were vaccinated. Is that the exact same thing that's happening within a population of 450 people who are unvaccinated? No, because again, we have the information to 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 see that whether people want to (laughs) acknowledge it or not, right? Uh, Right. But no, I almost think this is a very, very important case study in how – how outbreaks among vaccinated people will play out. And I think it's, I I sit there and I look at the way it's playing out, Keith, as I've already said, and I go, this almost makes me feel a little bit of a relief of a relief moving forward, knowing that having a severe outbreak within this league is not completely tearing the league down health wise might be tearing the league down for a minute with revenue. Or do we have to do a short pause just to make sure everything's okay? But the health concern of severe cases, do we have to send players to the hospital, this and that, is very, very, very minor, if not non-existent within this particular group, which gives me a sense of hope moving forward that things can get better. Can't wait for you to have to edit this and try to cut it down because this is all (laughs) long-winded. But this is the point, though, and we had this on Spaces and Brandon Goldner, uh, former host here. uh, Shout out. Shout out to him. Mentioned it, like, like again, when it comes to the numbers and how we view them, you view them slightly different than I do. But this type of open, healthy conversation is very good that not enough people have, right? It's just like, oh, well, well, Chris, how could you think that it's a good thing for right. the numbers? You're you're an idiot. No, like just just hear me out. Just let me listen to me and let's have an open dialogue about how we feel about this because the the realistic thing, man, we all done it like and I, you're probably in the same boat. Like, dude, I never had anxiety ever. Oh my god! Until the last year and a half, and I've developed it's, it. And it's just it's that's crazy. why I, that's why my hate mail went to Woj. Seeing that in my in my on my notifications on my phone constantly just gives you that COVID <laughs> anxiety again, right? So dude, so if yeah. you, you can find a way to spin it and see some optimism in it, that's just like that's just the way I want to approach it because it helps my mentals. You know what I mean? We we talked about this on Spaces last night too. That there's been a lot of lack of clarity from from the government and I'm not trying to make this political but just I think a large part of the issue around covid as a country has just been that people don't know what page we're all supposed to be on so you have these dialogues you have these conversations and we can at least even if we don't all agree we can at least see where we're all coming from we can get a better idea of how to move forward together uh speaking of together speaking of working as a system uh let's bring this back to basketball a little bit chris you brought up that the nba really is lacking that farm system, like a true farm system kind of, of uh, format to bring players in when, when we're lacking, when players start to uh, kind of drop off from health and, and COVID or any other reason, really. The NBA has talked about there's these new rules coming in where when a team loses, I think, believe two players, two COVID issues, they have to bring one up on some sort of 10-day, and it's they're making arrangements where it won't count against the cap, something that helps teams and doesn't uh, punish them in the future as far as building for the next season. But... Tell me more about what you uh, had brought up with this farm system idea and why this is so important. Well, uh, the NBA needs to have a better 
run of the G League. Um, and they've tried, they've definitely improved it over the years. But I, I wish it was more of a farm system akin to what Major League Baseball has, you know, the ability to to send players down for reassignment and bring players up when, when you need to. And of course there's limitations on how many they can send down and how often and how many they can bring up or what have you. But I just think it'd be great if the NBA G league had that, because at this point, like you have players on two way contracts, right? But you have two per roster normally. And it's like, okay, well those are my two guys that I can send down and bring up whenever, but I should have the ability to have an entire 15 man roster down. in, like I said, maybe it's the Salem trailblazers or the, Eugene Trailblazers or wherever you put a, a Portland G League affiliate that I can bring these guys up on a whim any single time I need I need them um, and I think that'd be healthy I think it'd be helpful um, just because like not only do I have the ability to bring players up whenever I need them secondarily everyone's talking about how well if if Kyrie who was you know just came back and was potentially going to play but if he's in protocols <laughs> and 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 KD's in protocols and and all the stars are in protocols does anyone want to watch all these G leaguers cuz it's not going to be the same level of basketball and my argument was well if you had a, a farm system set out where I could invest in in the Blazers farm system cuz I know how fanatical you Blazer fans are Keith you absolutely would pay attention Right. Damn I mean, right. in baseball, you do, because in baseball, oh, yeah. you you talk to a hardcore baseball guy and they know how they know who the top of their farm system is and they can't wait to see the next guy come up. I mean, Baltimore Ravens fans have been watching Adley Rutschman, former Oregon State Beaver, climb up their ranks. And, you know, when's he going to get his call up into the big leagues like they're invested in their young guys? And I think that'd be the same in the NBA. And in this situation, you wouldn't be having teams scramble to go sign two or three guys you just be able to be like oh sweet you know next guy up yeah yeah kelgen blevins or greg brown or whatever who who's been down in the g league all year oh they're calling that guy up sweet i've been waiting to get a good chance to see him up here on the main roster so to speak and now you're agree, yeah. i think you're invested in that a little bit and I, I think that'd be better i think it's also a good time for the league now to say hey look at these guys that are up here playing because you can go watch them. They're playing in our G League. So I think if the NBA plays their cards right, they can use the, this unfortunate circumstance as a good advertising chance to, to advertise those young and up-and-comers. Um, but the G League's cool. The G League is there for a great reason. It's a it's a good chance to for guys to develop. I wish there was just a little bit more uh, you know continuity between teams and that G League and the ability to, to, to you know bring players up, coach them under your system, and this and that. I mean, that's always been the problem with not having a true G League affiliate right like oh okay right. well i can go i can send i can send my two-way two-way player down but he's gonna go play for the the dallas team under their system rather than play under my system like it's just right it's just it the idea, be beneficial the idea being that yeah like some of these players who are the 15th man on the blazers roster we've seen this happen uh in recent seasons where they bring someone up from the g league or or yeah one of these guys uh like your your luke babbitt's back in the day or those kind of players right. when they're not getting minutes uh in Blazers games, you send them down to the G League, and if you have the affiliate, uh, you can directly say, hey, structure your offense around this guy. We need to get him shots. We need to work on that so he can come back up and help us here. Uh, in the same sense, a lot of other leagues have this. You mentioned baseball. Soccer, hockey do the same kind of thing where there's a direct farm team connection. Mm -hmm. Soccer, you, a lot of leagues in, in so uh, around the world in soccer have have it bracketed by age, like a U17, U15 kind of thing. And so you can watch these players come up year by year and develop against other up-and-coming talent. Yeah. It's a great way to watch uh, 
guys kind of come up in the system. And then, like you said, when when there's an open slot, when someone's injured, when there's some sort of just gap in the team and they need someone to come fill in, you can see this young star get his, his first minutes. And it's someone you've already watched, someone you've already invested in as a fan in the, the local fan base. And it, it seems inevitable, right? This is gonna happen eventually. At some point or another, I know it was only like two or three teams that didn't have a direct connected affiliate farm team, essentially, Blazers being one of them. Yep, so I always think it'd be good. And I just, I, I think that, that that's the way they're going. I definitely think yeah. that's the way they're going. But real quick, when we talk about ratings, that was another thing that came up on Spaces was, you know, if LeBron's not going to play or KD's not playing or Steph's not playing because of protocols, how's that going to affect ratings? And I have a simple solution to that. And the solution is don't go sign G League players. Go sign alum. So, hey. Yes. Hey, the, 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 the Nets are only have seven healthy bodies. They need people to play. Give Keith Van Horn a call. Give Vince Carter a call. Get some get some former Nets in there. Oh, the Knicks are dealing with health and safety protocols. Call Allen Houston. You know, what's what <laughs> John Starks is he is he around? Charles Oakley. I know he I know he's still around. You know. Oh, Oakley. Yeah, the, yeah. He's, he's yeah. There. What the Lakers have? The Lakers like to have a, a bunch of uh, old centers that should be in retirement homes anyway. So you know. Oh, you need an extra body. Sign Shaq to a ten day. You know. What if the Bulls signed MJ for 10 days just for the hell of it? Or, you know, the Hornets, maybe since he's already there. You know, they get into health and safety protocols, so they let MJ come back for 10 days. You know what? The basketball might not be pretty, Keith, but you want ratings. If if the Blazers, if the Blazers brought back, if the, okay, knock on wood, we don't want it to happen. But if the Blazers had a, had a health and safety protocol, situation right half their team is in health and safety protocols they can't they can't get enough bodies tell me you would not tune into a game next week against the lakers or whatever if damon stoudemire and rasheed wallace were each signed to a 10 day deal absolutely. and got to play Are you a game kidding me? Be tell amazing. me you wouldn't tune in i would absolutely like i mean have, have you watched the uh uh uh, the, the big three, like the uh, the, the like the, the league for kind of the uh, alum and all that, it's fantastic. These guys can still ball. I would love to see you bring in some of those players. Yeah, bring back Sheed, man. We just talked about this last week. I think it was a uh, shout out to Nibble, his hey. question about what players would you bring back to kind of fill out the Blazers roster. Uh, that's exactly what we're talking about here. It would be amazing to, to have that kind of comeback. I, I would absolutely, I would be paying extra money for those games. Yeah, side note, and this can be another, this can be an off-season pod. Uh, but we need to remember this. And I tweeted this uh, a couple years ago. Uh, it would be in the Big Three's best interest to affiliate with the NBA, and then oh, yeah. each NBA each NBA team have its own Big Three team. So the Blazers had a Big oh, Three team, amazing. but Big Three teams could only be with former like Blazers players. alum. Oh, dude, yes, Blazers so alum. Fantastic. Or if you don't have enough in the pot, like each player, each team has to have at least one alum from their team. So like, right, right, you know yeah. who played okay. well in the big three? It could, his, could be signed to a 10 day right now. Greg freaking Odin. Greg Odin, dude. Greg freaking Odin <laughs> played well in the big three and could he could be signed to a 10 day right now. Somebody sign that man. Somebody Can you imagine? Can you like, what would, what would Blazer fans do if Greg Odin was suddenly back on the floor in the Rose Garden? Also, you know, games. like, hey, hey, he doesn't have a full season in him, but you know who always has a good 10 days in him if you need him? Brandon Roy. 
So oh. if the Blazers hit health and safety protocols, oh, my heart. B-Roy, B-Roy's <laughs> up there in Seattle. He's not oh. in game shape anymore, but even even an NBA player not in game shape can be signed oh, to, a, oh. to a 10-day deal and just let it go. I just, I'm, I'm just telling you. Hey, I'm just telling you. If you're, if you're really worried about ratings because a bunch of G-Leaguers are coming up, Sign all the 40 and 50 year old vets and just let them all play one game. One, uh, <laughs> you would tune in. There's no doubt yeah. in my mind people would not. People, hey, people are tuning in to watch Jake and Logan Paul box a bunch of old people who have never put on gloves before. People tuned in last this weekend to watch Frank Gore fight Darren Williams oh in a boxing God. ring. That nostalgia, so it always gets the pop, my friend. So yeah, <laughs> hey, does Arvita Sabonis have one one game left in him? Didn't hey, I know you don't I know no one likes to quote him anymore because he's 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 a far right guy. But but uh, Toby Keith once wrote a song that, you know, I I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. All you need is one more <laughs> run, right? All you need is that one more run. Oh, pretty man. Sure, I'm pretty I, sure. I, you you pretty much like froze me there. Like just thinking about like so Sabonis, Arvidas Sabonis, not Demonis, but Sabonis. You froze Arvidas so hard I stopped because I thought Arvid froze. <laughs> like that's how hard you froze. That's oh, how hard like the idea froze. that he could just come back and play one game. Like oh, seriously, just, and you I'm don't dreaming. have to and they don't that's have to go amazing. hard. Dude, if you just subbed in Sabonis for five minutes. Oh my god. Yeah, at mo- hey, hey, Moda. Behind the back so- balance pass and he gets the ball back on the arc, hits a fadeaway from deep. Oh, hey, hey, beautiful. hey Moda. Moda Moda ain't selling tickets right now. The place is empty for these home games. Yeah. But tell me, oh my gosh, they just signed Sabas to a five-minute deal. He's gonna he's guaranteed five minutes next week. I'm showing up. I'm showing I'm up. Showing I'm up. there. Okay, so we've mentioned spaces a bunch already this episode. If anyone is not in the know yet on this, please, Twitter spaces. We do this once a week pregame. Uh we, we, we do one pregame a week for this. Uh, we just had ours last night before the Pelicans game. Unfortunately, our hype did not help the Blazers win, but it was really good conversation. We talked about a lot of the stuff that Chris and I have kind of gone over already. Next Monday, the 27th, against the Dallas Mavericks. That's a home game, uh, 7 p.m., so 6 o'clock pregame spaces. Chris, you in? Is that our next, uh, our next game? Sure. Next We're Monday, okay. Game. Lock it in. So, yeah, if, if you've not joined us yet, please come in and take part. This is a... Group discussion. It's not just Chris and I podcasting live and people getting to listen. It's not just everyone kind of, you know, getting to kind of tune in. This is raise your hand. We hand you a microphone. Come and share your thoughts, vent, trade ideas, uh, hype up for the next game, anything you want to do. This is about a group chat. Everyone getting to kind of share their voices. And like I joked about on Spaces last night, it's a way for us to kind of steal your ideas and turn it into our content on the pod the next day. So we really enjoy doing it. Please come in and check us out on there. Next Monday, the 27th, 6 p.m., Twitter Spaces. Really good pregame. And also, if you can't make Spaces, the other option that we've been getting going here is Discord. We have our Discord server up and running now. We're doing chats during the games. We've been taking questions on there from listeners. I think we've got a couple that will sneak in here somewhere on the episode today. But the, the link is in the episode description. Please come and join us on this Discord. Eventually, we'll have live episodes there, too, just like Spaces. We'll have things where you listeners can take part, uh, come and share your thoughts, get on the pod, and, and just have a voice as well. All right. That's that. That's our little... See, we don't have sponsors here. You guys are getting the trail caches ad-free every week, but we do have to throw in that little bit of come and join our community. Come and help us build, turn this into a bigger thing. All right, Chris, you were talking about alum bringing former players back into the nba just 
because there's gaps right now. The the league and the COVID health and safety protocols, a lot of teams are lacking players, and we're getting to the point where games are being postponed. They are there's just a shortage. You know, another player, another former player who's kind of waiting on the sidelines, probably ready for those calls. Iman Shumpert. He has had uh, he's had some good games in the past. He's he's kind of crushed the Blazers at certain times. He's played a lot of big games alongside LeBron, and that's what we should get to right now. He's had some comments on LeBron, I think, over the last 24 hours. A lot of this was coming out right around when we were uh, getting ready for the Pelicans game last night, uh, or getting when we were getting ready for the game against the Pelicans last night. But he basically, the, the, the quote that's flying around most is, uh, Iman Shumpert says, Bron, LeBron ruined basketball. Uh, he knows he ruined basketball. Me, personally, I love the NBA for the loyalty that I thought was there. He basically knocked the fourth wall down. He shouldn't have done that. Uh, first off, this is being thrown around a lot in the wrong way. Like People are taking this like he's hating on LeBron. He wasn't. He praised LeBron through this entire interview. Uh, but it just he... He's making a point that maybe it's it's negative towards LeBron, saying that LeBron shouldn't have done this kind of thing, and a lot of people have kind of taken that the wrong way. I think he's right. I think I think he's got a point, at least. Hey, I don't agree with everything he said, uh, but I think he's got a point that LeBron wasn't the first player to, to move teams and form super teams and all that, but he did it in a way with a certain amount of leverage that a, super, that a superstar had not really previously had to the same extent. Uh, I think it did kind of change the league, at least uh, what we've seen in the recent years after. How do you feel about this? LeBron went, tried to create a super team in Miami. They won a, they won a title. Cool, they did that. The Golden State, they won without a super team until KD came, but like they were good, just built that way before KD came. And now the whole, I think the super team idea, I think the super team idea is taking a major hit because it's ran its course. Look what LA's done. The Lakers, like, they're like, oh, we got to have the super team, right? LeBron and AD and Russell Westbrook, and they just look bad. They just look bad. They put tried to put together a, a super team in Brooklyn around Kyrie and KD, and when they looked for help to get, they went Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, DeAndre <laughs> uh, Jordan. Like, they're just going old. They're going to their old buddies, and it's just not working anymore. The teams that are playing really, really well right now, Keith, are teams that built up their own young talent and then were smart enough to get the pieces in that complemented that talent well. Um, yeah. Granted, they're dealing with injuries, but you look at uh, you look at Denver, right? Jokic, Jamal Murray, who hasn't played still out with an injury, but, I mean, a key part of that core. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., also dealing with an injury, but key part of that core. Then they went out and go get Aaron Gordon, who's not, like, a big superstar by any means, but complements the rest of that team really well. So I had those other guys I just mentioned not been injured. Like, that's a top team in, in, in the uh, the West. You look at Utah, right? They, they, they built that bad boy around Rudy Gobert and Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell. And then they go out and they get Mike Conley, who, again, not what he used to be, but complements the rest of the roster pretty well. Uh, Chicago, right? That Dude, we're throwing everything we have and building this, this bad boy around Zach Levine. We're going to go get DeMar DeRozan, who people were sleeping on, except this guy. Because if you recall, I mentioned many a time that the trade that Portland should have been trying to make this entire time <laughs> was... I said this a while ago. I just haven't rehashed it because we've been on Ben Simmons. But if you remember correctly, I said... 
call San Antonio about DeMar DeRozan because I'm pretty sure they're going to ship him and I'm pretty sure Portland could get him for CJ McCollum. And what happened? Hmm. Oh, they shipped DeMar DeRozan and what's DeMar DeRozan doing? He's only having an all NBA first team type of year. Buckets. Okay. Yeah, he's right? crushing it. But then they also go out and get Lonzo Ball, who's not a guy that you think of in, oh, I'm creating a big three, but he fits perfectly with what they're trying to build. I think <laughs> the whole idea of I, I LeBron ruined the league, maybe for a very short amount of time where super team was the way, the way to go. I think you look at the best teams in the league right now, Keith, and they have built themselves off of off of building their homegrown talent and then acquiring just the perfect pieces around that homegrown talent to make them flourish, which as a Blazer fan becomes exponentially frustrating, right? Because you had (laughs) Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum for the longest time together who had a window to, to be very good and you just didn't build around them properly. So that becomes a little more frustrating. So well, someone just, didn't build around them properly. Yeah. yeah so no, I think the MB, I think the idea, honestly, of having this big three and building around them, uh, is has definitely started to run its course. I mean, even nice. even the Clippers, right? The Clippers went went big too, like Paul George right, and Kawhi, right. and let's let let's get around them. So no, I think I think it hurt when he went to Miami. I think it really was like, oh, everyone, you know, big three. But even then, like you can blame LeBron for the big three and leaving but like the big three that really started it was boston right ray right, Allen, paul yeah. pierce and, and and kevin garnett um but i definitely think it has run its course and maybe i'm wrong but i just lo- i actually love the parody in the nba right now i love the fact that it wasn't let's just go out and get every single best free agent possible it's let's develop our own talent i think lebron ruined the nba for a very small window and the nba is coming back around it probably is more accurate just to say that he uh, he he was the catalyst for the change. Like you say, he, he, they certainly weren't the first super team in Miami. They maybe were the most visible, uh, again, just because of the other timing of things like social media and just kind of NBA viewership at the time. Uh, and beyond even just the super team idea, I feel like LeBron was a catalyst for a lot more player freedom of movement you know like the whole kind of player empowerment era that we're in at this point i think the super team idea is uh, is created within uh perhaps a, a media head or the fans head because uh the milwaukee bucks weren't a super team the milwaukee bucks were i mean they they were a homegrown team built I'm around totally Giannis, who again yeah. added the proper pieces toronto like the you could argue that you know injuries kind of led them to to that championship i mean brian no calls that a fake championship but still <laughs> shout out they, to brian they went and got Kawhi leonard but was that guy was built around everything else that had been there and really developed the team into something um so no i i just don't know if the super team thing is is a thing anymore because i Good, i yeah. think there's too many teams really true truly developing their own talent and doing it well that's what makes it interesting to me is that's where that's where coaching and, and and you know your staff and all that stuff comes into play because you can have the best talent in the world but if you're not developing them you're not doing anything I'm, I'm with you man and I, I also hope that we're at least on the the tail end of the super team era if if LeBron helped kind of bring this around then yeah it wasn't gonna stick that way forever but uh yeah it's it's nice to see like you said the parody there's and the teams that are strong the, the best teams in the league the bucks the Suns the Warriors these are teams that are largely growing 
from the from the ground up. Like they're doing this at home, and then they're able to then attract those extra pieces, like KD for the Warriors, like Chris Paul for the Suns. Uh, and yeah, like I guess uh, you know Kawhi playing the Raptors is another story as well. But yeah, it's I, I just thought Strump's comments were interesting, and there, there's there's certainly something you can talk about as far as how LeBron's movement did kind of again just just it catalyzed things that were already happening. It helped, it took it to the next level, but it doesn't mean that it like ruined the league. It just changed the way things were going. I think it's interesting because you're also at a point too. You look at all the other guys. Uh, Steph Curry probably never going to wear another jersey in his entire career. Right, uh, Damian Lillard has has professed his love to Portland multiple times. Giannis has professed his love for Milwaukee multiple times. A guy who gets little talk, but probably is never going to wear a, another jersey unless they trade him. But he's probably never going to ask out. Is Nikola Jokic in Denver? Um, Demar Derozan, a name that we brought up, did not want to leave Toronto. He was literally in tears when the news came that he was traded. Like you have a lot of really really good players, Keith, who are trying trying to do their best to profess their loyalty to these the, these guys like do you see uh, unless they decide you know things aren't working and they have to break it up like do you see donovan mitchell requesting out of utah i mean rudy gobert no. has been there his entire career do you unless they trade him for a reason do you see him saying i need to leave this organization you have bradley beal who's been through the ups and downs but like probably isn't leaving washington like you have a lot of really really talented players who have professed their love and appreciation for one franchise and want that franchise to do the best with them there and i think yeah. that can change i think that can change it i think you're almost booing it back to that loyalty meaning more lebron i think tried to change it and i think players some players took suit but i think there's far more i think there's far more damian lillards in this league than people want to think people Oof, think that damian it. lillard is an outlier right He's an outlier. And well, he's treated that, like, like such. He's treated like such by the by the media, by ESPN. Right. It's like, weird. Oh, because, no one stays because, with a team like that. Because media pushes the whole. He needs to be in New York. He needs to he get needs to New to York. Be yeah. in Los Angeles. <laughs> he needs to be. He needs to be on a big team. Like they push that. Stephen A. Burkhart. The media can say, "Oh, he needs to go to New York because he needs to be in a big market," or Giannis needs to be on the Lakers, or all this stuff. But where it matters, like you just said in this conversation, is is LeBron asked out of Cleveland. LeBron paved his own way to Miami. LeBron paved his own way to the Lakers to win these championships. He is the one paving his way to try to win. But you have so many superstars around this league that aren't getting enough recognition for the fact that they aren't the one. Like even if they had been traded, again, Demar Derozan, these aren't the they aren't the ones saying I'm requesting a trade. I need to be let go. I want to go somewhere else. You give him a hard time, but like, I just like, they traded him because things weren't working and they went rebuild mode. But like Russell Westbrook to me was an Oklahoma city lifer. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you he, know, if like, been, yeah, I think there's far more loyalty and guys wanting to kind of do it that hard way in the superstar ranks. At least there's a lot of player movement within, you know, free agency, With the role general, players people, and yeah, people yeah, trying yeah. to find their next fit. But within the superstar ranks, Keith, I think there has been a dramatic change, honestly, since LeBron did started the player movement. Because there, I mean, I just don't feel it's the same. I just, I just, you get the outliers. I mean, the Paul Georges requesting out, right, and 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 all that. But I just, I think there's far more guys who are like, dude, if these teams build around me, this is where I want to stay. This is where I want to no, win it all. I think you're right. Like when you give some of those examples. Uh... It's weird because 
being up here and being such a Stanford Dame, when you hear a lot of the media push about how he has to get moved to New York and all the rest, I love your Stephen A. voice there. When you're like, uh, but uh, I didn't mean for it to come out as Stephen A. I was trying to make oh, it come in, out in as like head. a New York reporter it, voice. Yeah, it no, just you're right. Came it was more of a New Stephen Yorker a. voice. I just in my head, I hear Stephen A. <laughs> right. But no, I I think because as a Dame fan, when you hear all, all that stuff, you kind of think of it, it gets pushed into my own head as a fan that yeah, Dame and his loyalty makes him an outlier. And you compare how he's. You know, he heard Giannis' comments and he says, oh, I want to stay here. And he's compared, uh, I think, you know, to Dirk in the past as well and how he stayed with the franchise. You don't think about how other players are also out there looking at those examples like Giannis and thinking the same thing. No, I can stay with my team and, and build here and it can be a good career, whether it's win it all or not. It can still be a, enough of a career to, to be happy. And I, you know, it's... A, uh, th I think this is a great conversation. I enjoy this. I'm glad we brought these chump comments in here. We might bump some other things to the next episode. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think this is imp important to talk about this because I mean, the, the whole thing that goes back and forth, it's not just about participation trophies, but it's also not just about winning. It shouldn't, you know, like there, there are ways to have a good career, be a player that is worth uh, uh, putting up on a pedestal and celebrating for your franchise, even if they didn't win a championship. If Dame never wins a championship, but stays in Portland, Fans obviously would be happy, but I think he would be too. I think he would look back on his career in, in a positive way. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, but oh, I never won it, so I fell short. You know, I, I don't think that's the way players right. view it nowadays. No, and here's the thing. Do you think the players that, did, that didn't that did win it think that their career was just a failure? Do you, do you think Patrick Ewing thinks his career in the NBA <laughs> was a failure? Like, no. no. Like, do you, like, no. Did Vince but Carter I, I think win there's... one? I don't think Vince Carter won one. Does Vince Carter think his career is is terrible, even though he's going to be a Hall of Famer? Like, like no. If Dirk didn't win one against LeBron, was his was his career a failure? Absolutely not. So, like, the thing is, this idea that people say, like, well, if he didn't win at all, his career sucked and he should have left. Do you know how hard winning a championship at this level is? Like, one team does it right. a year. And it's built on freaking dynasties where it's like, what, 15 teams have won it since like eight, 1980 or something nonsense like that. Like <laughs> right. winning a championship is hard. Uh, that's not the ultimate goal. I mean, it's the, excuse me, it, it, it's the ultimate goal, but it's not the ultimate definition of whether your career was good or not. I, I, I do think when you go down the list, Keith, of, of big name superstars, I, I honestly, and honestly, the more you, we talk about it here and put it into the open, I think there's far more Damian Lillards in this league than there are LeBron James. When I'm going to go chase that title and build my suit, like, you know, get everyone to come join me, whatnot. Like, there's far more, like, I want to do it. Does that mean Dame will wear a Blazer jersey as a entire career or Giannis yes. will wear, wear Well, yes. So I you're just wanted to get that one in there. Yeah, I just want to throw that in there. Go ahead. No. No. My answer is no, it doesn't. Yeah, but, yeah. but I do think that the Dame or the, like, the players just outright like i need to be traded get me out of here like i think that's a minority honestly i, I just i honestly do lebron to shump's point he, he may have ruined the league for a very very short amount of time um like i think he he led he led to kd going to golden state directly like I if lebron that, yeah. did if lebron didn't leave cleveland to go win his his ring in miami I don't think KD leaves Oklahoma City to go win his ring in Golden State. There it is. You that's know? the connection. That's exactly that's the catalyst we're talking about. Like, that's that's exactly the connection. Yeah. Um, and had Oklahoma not completely lost their mind when Kevin Durant <laughs> left, 
I could have seen a situation where Kevin Durant went back to Oklahoma City just like LeBron did with Cleveland. Oh, after the Warriors, that would be interesting, man. That would I'm, be crazy, wouldn't it? I, 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 I think, I think you could have seen it, but I just don't, again, I think those are those are outliers to me, man. It just was weird that the two best players in the league happened to do it which made it feel like everyone wanted to do it. Right, just, right. Long story short, man, I think those long are the... Long story uh, those, short. Hey, I got to get it in every episode. Yeah, <laughs> I think the LeBron James of the world are the minority, and I, th- I think there's far more dames. There's far That's, more yeah. dames. Again, you know who could you know who could have asked for a trade yesterday, and we I've said this before, and would have every right to, is freaking CJ McCollum. Yep. But CJ McCollum yeah. is like, no, like I, this is where I want to be. Like if you if you trade me, you trade me. But if I have a choice, this is where I am. I did not think this one shump question was going to turn <laughs> into the entire podcast. I know, the, yeah, this this become a whole thing, but I like it. It's a nice kind of more uh, almost intellectual we need to, basketball well, yeah. culture debate. But yeah, we we're gonna save some of those topics for next week. Let's get some listener questions in here and a quick game, and then we're gonna get out uh, from our from our Discord. So again, please join us next Monday on Spaces at six p.m. And join our Discord. The link is in the episode description. You can submit questions. You can get it on game chats, eventually live episodes. From the from the questions, we have Vibin asking hey! about possible permanent GM candidates. Chris, we talked about this a little on previous weeks. I'm feeling more and more like Cronin is pretty much the fit, right? Like Ainge is now off the table. Ainge is an alternate. I think it's Cronin. Here's the thing. I think the reason it's Cronin, man, is if there was a guy that they really wanted or they thought is the, they would have hired him already. They would have hired yeah. him already. You can't. So I think Cronin is currently operating under the assumption that he is the GM of the future and they're giving him the keys. Um, you would have heard something coming out of that camp, right? You would have heard there there is a search or you would have heard that so-and-so was interviewed. The fact that Danny Ainge went to Utah and there was reports that the, like he was not even interviewed for the job or wasn't even to, con- yeah. contacted, like we've debated back and forth whether he would have been the right guy. But the fact that arguably the best candidate on the open market was right there and wasn't contacted uh, to me signaled that Portland is putting their investment into Joe Cronin. Yeah. That I think that's a, I think it's a done deal. I think probably within inner circles, he's probably not referred to as the interim GM. He's probably the GM. This hasn't been any official press release and this and that. Yeah. I'm with you. It it seems like, yeah, it's, it seems like they're treating it as such. It would be nice if there was some official announcement just so you could kind of have, the confidence, uh, uh, like the, the fan base could have the confidence, like, okay, let's let's invest, let's move forward. But, uh, you know, I, I think at some point it probably will come out. Okay, uh, second question up from JP Mac. Hey. Again, over on our Discord, please come and join our Discord. Great spot to hang out, come grow the community with us. JP Mac asks, any chance we can just tank this year for a decent draft pick? Give Dame proper rest for that three-year abdominal issue, trade CJ, and bed the new player in, do a Warriors from two years back, kind of referencing uh, almost just kind of having having the year off while your players kind of get healthy and get in, in form. Chris, I, I think we both have the same answer on this. Uh, I don't think, even if the Blazers were able to sit Dame out the rest of the year, trade CJ away for some good young player and almost tuck him away so we don't win too many games that way. I still don't think we are going to be as bad as 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 you would need to be to really tank for for this value. Like the chance of us getting into a the, the the top pick spots is just not likely. There are some really bad teams out there right now. Am I wrong? Uh you're not wrong and I also will make this argument no matter what. I think tanking is awful. I think yes. There's I no there's no argument that i you can put in on that i that 
that building losing into my culture is the proper culture that I want to build. Yes. Like, and second, you know, secondly, like, even if I have guys like, Hey, guess what? Guess to the 15 guys on my roster, you guys aren't good enough to win. So I just want to lose on purpose. Like, no. And I also (laughs) think as long as you have Damian Lillard on your roster, tanking is not an option. Uh, I don't think Dame would let that happen. There's no, like, you're going to have to, you're going to strap him down or amputate him or something. Cause if he's on the court, he's playing (laughs) to win. Um, right. And the, the warrior example, like the warrior example just worked, but that like literally like Draymond was hurt all year. Steph was hurt all year. Clay was hurt all year. Like there was, that was less of a healthy team tanking and more of a, every good player we have is hurt. And we just, this is just, this is just what we are right now. Um, and it worked because they got to develop their young guys and all that. But, um, the thing with the Blazers too, I mean, uh, the, the pick is, the pick is lottery protected. Um, and how I'm pretty sure how lottery protection works is, I mean, if it's lottery protected, that means it's what one through 15, but if they retain that pick, then it would be next year's pick that is conveyed, but it would be like top 10 protected. Then it would be next year's pick if they land in the top 10, but it'd be top five until, until the protection is no longer there. Um, and at that point, like if I'm playing, but there's very little chance of me getting into the top five picks and I'm getting like a 10th or 12th pick, which is probably where it would end up being like, whatever i I, yeah i I, I, would it's not winning you a championship it's not like changing everything around for you the 12th pick versus the 16th pick personally i think it'd be better to just trade lose that 16th pick versus keeping the 12th pick and being hurt possibly in next year's draft because of it so it's just like i just don't see the value in it i just don't unless you're guaranteed to get top three sure but no i just don't let's be honest about this too if we're still talking about building around dame a, a draft pick, even a good draft pick, a player from that probably isn't going to be in a position where he's helping Dame win a championship. In I like Dame, Dame's window is not that long. Like he, no, yes, he's oh got yeah, 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 a hundred percent, hundred percent. And that to me, the only time you're getting a guy that you know that you know guaranteed is going to come in and be able to 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 help you, unless you're dumb and you're the detroit pistons and draft darko milicic uh <laughs> is is a top three pick i mean you look yeah, at top three you like, look yeah. you look at lonzo ball and, and anthony edwards right and and you knew that those two guys were going to come in and make a difference outside of that it was like who's who's going to be good who's going to be the one who gets gets us there and you've had some guys from that draft class who have played well and you've had guys who are in that lottery class that aren't playing like lottery picks and that's how it is every single year like i mean look, look like look at Look at uh, Damian Lillard, right? So Damian Lillard gets draft drafted sixth overall, but in that exact same draft, drafted in the lottery was Myers Leonard, and Myers Leonard never lived up to being a lottery pick type guy, and isn't even in the league currently. Um, so getting a lottery pick doesn't mean anything. I mean, doesn't mean anything. So to me, I just don't see it because to build a losing culture just to get a lottery pick for a guy that might not even be developing within Dame's window. No, no, because at this point in time, in this point in time for Dame's Dame's career, like no trading properly. And then free agent, free agency, free agency and doing that properly are what's going to be, what's going to be best. So, 
I, yeah, I just don't see the value in the lottery pick myself. I know there are some people who do, but I don't. And I will never, I've, I've, I, I, people will die on weird hills and this is the hill that I have chosen <laughs> to die on. I will, I will never ever advocate for, for tanking. Cause I think, I think it can do more harm than good, honestly, yeah. at the end of the day. Like, yeah, Philadelphia got Joel and Bede out of it, but have they won a title yet? Like, no. And yeah, they ended up, uh, you know, putting together a decent roster right now. And I guess they got, they got Ben Simmons eventually, but he already wants out. But like, Oh, we tanked and we got Jalil Okafor and we tanked and we got Nerlens Noel and we tanked and we got Joel <laughs> Embiid and we tanked and we got Markel Fultz. Oof. To look, to think about all those names and how only one of them are. At this only point one of them's silly. even on your team right now. Yeah. So what was tanking for? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah we traded them like all. We got this and we got Ben Simmons too, but Ben Simmons wants out. Like, so yeah, I just, I don't think I don't think building a losing culture is good for the culture. All right, well that's it for the listener questions. Uh, thank you, Vibin and JP hey, Mac. Hey. Listeners, get on Discord. It's in the episode description. Come join us. Submit questions. Uh, chat with us during games. Chat with us at any point, really, and about a lot of stuff other than Blazers too. Uh, and eventually, we'll have those live episodes going for you to join in. Chris, one more game before we get out of here, and this one was also your idea. So I think I want to turn over the the reins here and let you run. Our, uh, our Christmas shopping for Blazers uh, final segment. Christmas shopping for the Blazers. So well, this is just this just plain and simple. It's the holiday season, my man. You got to put gifts under the tree. So we don't have to go down the whole roster here, but just a couple guys. Like, what are you going to get them? So let's just start at the top. Okay, Santa Claus, you just came down the chimney with your bag full of goodies. You just pulled out a present that says, Damian Lillard on it. When he opens that, what's he opening up, Keith? Uh, I mean, Dame was actually Dame's got pretty much everything. I don't know what I would get this guy. The one thing I think that I would would really help him at this point, and as far as you know, fans kind of assuring him and the present that fans would give him the keys to the city. Just give him the big old golden like mayor's key to the city and say, Dame, this is yours. Uh, no need to go anywhere. No need to, to to worry about any of those LeBron rooftop uh, pitches and all the rest. But uh, yeah, here you are. Portland is yours. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd be getting him help. Like he's gonna open up help. Like, oh, look, it's a, help. it's a three, a three and D wing that you've always wanted. Oh man. Thanks, Santa. That's a much better answer. What, what are you getting CJ? I, I, I didn't right, I'm going to, Hey, I'm going to get CJ, CJ McCollum just to, you know, come full circle on this pod. I'm going to get CJ McCollum a homebrew kit. Okay, he's nice. already helping out go. the winos. Okay, but uh, yes, you, we got the valley, right? We got we got Willamette Valley Vineyards. You got King Estates. You got all these beautiful wine country areas here in Oregon. But wine, that's for Napa Valley. That's for the California crew up here in Portland. It's about the beer. So Bring I'm gonna get CJ McCollum a brew kit so he can learn how to brew and get out. You know, he can still do the wine thing, but if he really wants to cater to that Portland crowd, he needs a CJ McCollum special branded IPA. That's what he needs. So he's getting a brew kit to learn how to brew for the Portland people. To be fair, Portland is also has a very growing, the, the Portland uh, alcohol scene has a growing reputation for ciders uh, with all of our apples, especially out here in Hood River, as well as potato vodka. So it's not just a beer town anymore. We got all sorts of flavors, but yes, I'm with you. Uh, I like that one. I, I've got a good present for Nurkic. I'm I'm, okay. get, I'm getting Nurkic. I'm getting Nurkic a year membership to uh, to poker stars or whatever whatever is his choice of the the largest online poker giant because this dude 
needs to work on his his poker face. I'm sick of seeing Nurkic in the games, uh, getting so emotional, losing his cool, losing his focus, and turning what could be an awesome opportunity for him to shine into a game where it's like, wow, really? This is your starting center? This is what he's putting up again? Uh, even nights when he's having good numbers, things are just, it, it's not looking great, and I just, I hate seeing his minutes limited by his fouls. Uh, so yeah, uh, working on his poker face. I'd get him, I would get Yusuf Nurkic a membership to a local ballerina school. Nice. Ballet school, whatever you want to call it. Learn the Work ballerina moves. Learn to be fleet of foot. Learn to be soft on your toes there in the paint, big man, and not rush anything. Just be slow and elegant at the same time. Something that the ballerina school, ballet school, I keep calling it ballerina school. I believe it would be called a ballet school. <laughs> Something that, that think, a ballet teacher can teach you. I feel like you've been talking to your daughters when you, when I hear you say ballerina school. I feel like that's probably more like the, the kids' terminology for what they do. Yeah, exactly. That, no, that is true. <laughs> uh, I got one for Nasir Little as well. I, I feel like Nasir Little needs some uh, some Elvis glasses, like just some real rhinestoned out giant gold frame rock star glasses. Because the dude, he he's just the rock star. He's the he's the new up and comer for me. The guy that I just want to see with all the flash. Seeing him dunk as well, the the fire that he gets going for, just rocking the head around when he's coming out. Uh, I'm loving it, man. He's he's a fan favorite for sure. I'm getting him a. Duke Blue Devil T-shirt and just leaving it at that. <laughs> I think he'll. All right, what are you getting that. your man? What are you getting your man, Anthony Simons? <laughs> I'm getting Anna flak jacket because I feel like Anthony <laughs> has been catching strays. He's getting a lot of the. I mean, partly from us uh, talking about you know who would you want to keep between these young guys. One of these young guys is going to have to get traded. I feel like Anthony is the one catching a lot of uh, a lot of the heat, and I hope he's not feeling it. I don't want him to. To feel like he is not loved by the Blazers here, because if he sticks around, man, he is he's amazing too. But if it's if it's got to be one or the other, we know where I stand. I'm just, I'm gonna get him a T-shirt that he mandatorily has to wear on the walk up to every arena, just so every city knows. It's just gonna say simply it's on the chest. It's gonna read, "It's Simons, not Simmons." <laughs> you could actually do that with the first name too. After the uh, Anthony Edwards comments, uh, Anthony Edwards saying he's Ant, and this guy should be Amp. He, he, hey, you know, it's, it's, it's a fair aunt, point. Minnesota's aunt had a point there. He, he did a have a point. But he's <laughs> also we, named after a guy who, whose name was Anthony, but his nickname was Penny. So, I was going to say, why we, we need to start calling him Penny. Penny Simons. Penny Simons. Yeah, see, no, you can't steal other people's nicknames. So you can't go with Penny. You could have called him like something else. But he should have wore number five, so his nickname could have been Nickel. So he would have also been named after a currency. <laughs> like... Nickel passing some dimes. Okay, yeah. No. <laughs> well, and then, hey, all of Rip City got their present early because Neil Shea doesn't get a, play, a present. Yeah. Blazers, he's not here anymore. <laughs> he was Bla the present. Blazer, uh, Blazer fans present is Cronin. Joe Cronin. Yeah. I keep wanting to say uh, Jim Man, Cronin. we had plenty to talk about this episode that we didn't get to because we already talked for an hour and a half. So that just means tune in next week for Trade Talk and talks on how to improve the Rose Quarter brought to you by Chris Burkhart. Also, we can uh, maybe go into some uh, some New Year's New Year's resolutions for the Blazers, following up this oh. wonderful Christmas segment since this went so smoothly. Good stuff. Yeah, anyway. well, <laughs> we got some editing to do on this. We talked a lot, and like you said, we we talked so much that we didn't even get like three topics in here. So that'll be moved on to next. That's good. Week, but it is good, uh, Chris. It's always good talking to you. It's always good talking to everyone on Spaces. Uh, yesterday as well. Thank you all. In closing, your honorable listeners. That's it. That's our show. 
Thank you, Chris Burkhart. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening and for a great spaces and for a great Discord. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City Basketball, and our latest episode and our spaces and our Discord. Please come and join us if you haven't yet. Thank you again, and please come back next week, not only on the spaces, not only on the Discord, but the next edition here of the Trailcasters. Did I pump those up enough? Did I, did I say that enough to get people into it? <laughs>